Hello and good day, marvelous, beautiful, spectacular podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you here today. I am sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, positive intents through the airwaves, wishing you, your family, your friends, all of the best. It's great to be back with you. I took a little bit of a pause as I shared in the previous update video. I ended up getting sick for the first time in like 15 years. There's some speculation on what that could be. I heard a lot of people came down with the same thing. And uh, over 15 years, uh, you know, the most I would get would be like I would get something in the morning and by the afternoon I was better and uh, you know in the snowboarding days when I was drinking a little bit more heavily and doing the benders and partying and being a young man um, if I drank like too much maybe I would have like a 24-hour window but nothing what I experienced so it was really really odd a lot of other people had that as well and uh, you know but was able to recover and get better and uh, yeah so you know I'm back at it and I wanted to take some time to reflect and figure out what what kind of shows do I want to do this year how do I um, put some continue this effort because the podcast I love and but it's also getting censored and it's not a business and I have a daughter and all these other things it just takes so much time energy and commitment to create um, you know thinking okay well I don't want to just spin my wheels and uh, do nothing I want to be able to create something of value of substance of contribution and so with all of the uh, challenges that people are facing right now in Canada across the world where can I be most productive so I've taken some time to think about that and uh, I'm still working on it I'm in the process and uh, now I'm back in the podcast seat and there's going to be some tremendous shows coming down uh, the line for you so today we have Paul Davis on and we're talking about finding and living your life's purpose which is a great way to kick off 2022 Uh, we talk about Viktor Frankl's book Man's Search for Meaning which is incredibly powerful and I highly recommend everybody read uh, that book Uh, why finding your way is incomplete why passion follows purpose the executive code process, the superconscious coming to equilibrium, uh, genius drivers, the shadow side of roles, why most successful people don't focus on money, becoming more sensitive to know your true intuition, why everyone has a unique purpose, the importance of resilience, and so much more. This is a phenomenal episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. And if you're looking to discover more about your life purpose and you want to take things a bit farther, check out the Soul Compass Horse course or uh, apply for coaching at Matt and this is, you know, we have a weekly alchem- uh, atomic alchemy group for people who are really committed on, you know, they want to make a, a change in the world. They want to have meaning, contribution, and value to their community. And they want to create a vocation, a livelihood, uh, work that inspires them and contributes to their community. So um, the, the path is not that complicated. When you go through the Soul Compass course, the path and what you need to do is not that complicated. But what is hard is following the path and doing it on your own. And the analogy that I give is, you know, if you're really overweight and, uh, you know, and you've never hit the gym forever, you know, we know what you need to do. You need to get to the gym, you need to exercise, you need to eat better, but the result isn't going to be next month. It's going to be a process. And in, in doing so, you change your life. And I love that one quote about, um, you know, being a millionaire or achieving everything that you want to do. It's not about that achievement of the money or the success. It's who you need to become, uh, your character development as you get there. And so that's what the Atomic Alchemy Group and the one-on-one coaching I do is all about is helping you clearly identify your true goals, your authentic self, and then building a 
an amazing plan to get there and then all the support tools and accountability to engage in that process when things go hard when you get off the rails and so if you're interested in that go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching because there's a quantum heart there's all sorts of tools there uh, for all of your needs in that kind of realm and then we apply the peak performance esoteric and spiritual tools to that to connecting to god creator source um, visualization and everything that you can think of to um, make that dream a reality because right now all there are are opportunities to help and support our fellow man uh, everywhere in the world because that's what this challenge is asking of us is to be our best selves is to be resilient is to have faith and is to work towards the uh, betterment of humanity and if you're seeing what's going on and it's in your heart and it's in your soul there's going to be something that you can do during these times so uh, that's it Uh, what else Uh, the best thing you can do is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today Um, if you want to help get the show out there please leave a review and iTunes share episodes on every social media all of my stuff is insanely blocked so you can go to linktree.com forward forward slash Matt Belair to find all my stuff because they're always shifting Um, go to mattbelair.com and uh, become a member if you want to use that rather than Patreon because Patreon's deleted my account and won't give it back. And so that's it. The battle is still on and I'm still engaged and I'm just blessed to be back with you here today. So uh, let's just come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this episode. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, courage, faith, inspiration, inner knowing, connection, love, beauty, joy, and get ready to enjoy this incredible episode with Paul Davis. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show, please share episodes far and wide. Leave a review. I mean, go to mattbelair.com and become a member for free or by donation because I have deleted my Patreon. That would be helpful. But most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is an intuitive advisor, an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and an award-winning business growth consultant and speaker. He is exceptional at identifying what will bring an individual fulfillment, joy, and meaning by identifying their true unique life purpose and then structuring their business in a way that honors their purpose. Welcome to the show, Paul Davis. Matthew, hi. Great to be here. It's great to have you. Um, I appreciate your patience. It was uh, my bathroom's getting redone. So I'm like in a corner, little basement, you know, setting over the mini studio, but uh, it's great to have you here. And I'm excited to do this show because you've been doing this work for a long time. And one of the things that I've talked about is I feel like we can really change this world quickly if people connect to who they are um, and their life purpose and who they came here to be. And they stop aiming solely on just how to accumulate money and who they really are, because it's always cooperative to the environment. And you have a a great set of um, skills and knowledge and work experience on that specific idea. So I'm excited to dive in. And I'd love for you to just start us off with a little bit about your background. How did you get into this work and and everything you're doing today? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Where do you want me to start? (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I originally, when I left school, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. Um, so it kind of fell into a few different degrees. I went into electronics, went into commerce. I did a few different things just to see whether it would be an avenue that I would actually enjoy doing. Um, but for me, I wanted to earn money. So I got a job and I was in there for a short period of time. 
And the finance director spotted something in me that said, um, why don't I do accountancy? So um, I said, okay, look, I'll try it. Um, and there's a particular type of accounting that I could do. It only took two years to get all the exams. Um, so I said, I'll try it. Wouldn't, not a huge amount of risk. Um, did that, flew through it. And then I went on to the next level, which was another four-year course in accounting, which was management accounting, a very, very different type of accounting. So I did that again, went through all the exams, no problem. Uh, qualified in it very, very quickly. And that was my career that I started off doing. Um, so I ended up being in all different industries uh, between construction, manufacturing, um, retail, professional services. I've I, I been in every different type of industry, let's put it that way. Um, but a little bit different for, for me is that um, I suppose I, I, I always knew how I could guide other people. So when I talk about being an intuitive and being an empath, I'm able to know for people as regards what's, what's going to turn them into huge success and perhaps what direction they should bring their life in. And I just assumed that everybody else could do what I could do. <laughs> and it wasn't until kind of much, much later on that I actually realized, actually, no, that, that, that they can't. Um, and growing up as a kid, um, I, I used to do healing for, for, for people. So again, people come to the house, I do a healing for them. And again, it's just part of me just growing up. And again, I just thought, okay, there, there was some parts of me special, but other parts that I kind of just um, understood that anybody could do what, what everybody else could do. But in tandem with that is that I personally didn't really want, want to be here in this life, to be quite frank, um, growing up through, through, through my whole, the, the vast majority of my life. Um, and while I was able to guide people as regards what they should do in their life in terms of their life purpose and what, where they will actually achieve a huge amount of success, I was hoping for the day that somebody would come along to me and tell me what my life purpose was. Um, and I'd read all the books and researched all the different things that the vast majority of people would probably naturally do in terms of trying to find what their life purpose is. And what I found was that none of them would give me the answer of what I needed because I need to know what did I need, what, what was I here to do in this particular lifetime? Um, and it wasn't until 2011 and it was a pivotal moment in my life where my first brother passed away. Um, it was quite suddenly, I, you know, he, he came out of surgery. I spoke to the doctor. The doctor said he's only got a couple of hours to live. Um, and I spent those, those few hours with him. And but in the days that followed for me, it was a case of here was my brother wanting desperately to hang on to life. But on the other hand, from my perspective, I didn't want to be here at all. So it was that dilemma as regards, you know, what, what is life all about? So I took that decision in the days and the weeks that followed to find what it is that I'm here to do. Um, and in order to get the, the insights and the knowings for myself, I had to develop a methodology in order to, for me to, to find the answers for myself because I wasn't able to get the answers from everybody else. So if, if you think, you know, you, you probably would have come across Matthew in terms of the books from, you know, Victor Frankl, for example, where he, you know, Man's Search for Meaning. And in that book, he talks about, you know, it, it, the meaning of something is, is what you give it meaning. So basically, you can give anything meaning in life. Um, but that still doesn't answer the question in terms of what am I here to do? And do I just attach a meaning to what it is that I do? And for me, that, that didn't answer the question. 
Um, other people talk about, you know, you've got to find, you've got to find your why. And if you find your why, well, then that's your purpose. But, but for, from my perspective, it's not because your, your, your purpose, if you're trying to find out your why, you're consciously trying to think it, meaning you're using your conscious mind to try and find the answers. And anything to do with your purpose never comes from your conscious, it's always from the unconscious. So you got to look at the evidence in, or, in your life in order to actually find what, what your true life purpose is. So finding your why is, is, doesn't give the answer for people because for two reasons. One is they're trying to figure out from a conscious perspective. But second of all, they're trying to work it out based on something that they're currently doing. And a lot of the clients that I've been working with over the past 20 years is they're doing a business or they're in a career that may not necessarily be what their true purpose is. So they're trying to find a why to what it is they're currently doing, which is the wrong thing to do in the first, the wrong thing that they're actually doing in, in, in the first place. So that for me did, didn't answer the question. Um, and other people say, well, tr tr find your passions and find what you're passionate about and then turn your passion into what it is your purpose is. And again, there's a lot of things that I'm passionate about, but they're nothing whatsoever got to do with my purpose. So I, I go from the premise of, you know, passion follows purpose. So when you're on your purpose and it's your true purpose, well, then that's when your passion increases exponentially. So that's where you get your joy. That's where you get your passion. That's where you get your fulfillment from. You get passion from other things, but it's a very, very different passion. It's, it's more in line with a fulfillment passion and really, really enjoying what it is that you're doing. And unfortunately, the vast majority of people are either running a business or they're in a career to pay the bills or they're literally just surviving through life as opposed to really living life. Um, and when you're on your purpose, that, that's, that's a very different scenario. Amazing. Well, I love all that and I agree with it wholeheartedly. One of the things I've talked about when, cause I do similar work is, you know, with, from the conscious perspective, our conscious mind needs to keep us safe. So if we're thinking about our life purpose and what we want to do, if we can't equate money to that and money lets us buy food so, so we can survive, it's going to distort that answer. And so, you know, working with people in the subconscious mind and things like that is a very powerful tool. So it sounds like you have a nice system and I just want you to, <laughs> I don't know if the best way to say, but I was like, I want to know exactly the steps that I take, like if someone is looking to embark into their life purpose, um, I like how in your work and in your website, you talk about how they can, you know, start to make a living from that, right? Because we want to figure out a way to provide value for other people. And if we can provide amazing value for other people, they will pay you money for that. And that's good. And that's okay. And so yeah. we want to be able to bridge those two worlds. So would you, do you have like a formula or how do we go about that? I just want to know everything and start going through this check marks, you know, no, or maybe I'm off. I don't know. I want to know exactly like no, 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 as, no, no, as possible. No, but let me just say, because I qualified as an accountant, everything for me has to have a process. It has to have a system. So, and, and what I learned from, from clients, because in the early days, clients used to come to me and say, look, Paul, you know, in, in, okay, let me go back a little bit. In the early days, I wouldn't tell anybody. I would just guide them, okay? Um, because what I learned was that if I, if I just tell them stuff, they, they question what it, is that I'm, what it is that I'm telling them. So I'll get the insights and I'll get the knowings and I'll get the imagery. And the reaction if, if, in the early days when I used to give it to people they say, oh, look, you're, you're just making it up. That's just, it, it's too overwhelming for them as well. It's too, it's too big for them. So I had, to, I had to find a process in order to substantiate, for one better word, 
my knowings or my insights or my evidence or, or my 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 the, the, what I was receiving for my clients. So being the accountant in me, I had to break it down into a process. So what the, the process or the, the methodology that I developed is what I call the executive code. And I call it the executive code for particular reasons. So if, if you want to, I suppose, in your mind, think of a pendulum. And if you can imagine a pendulum that's in equilibrium, so it's, it's basically, it's, it's straight down, you've got the pendulum at, at, at the end of it. But imagine now you've got three circles and on, on the top of the pendulum, you've got one circle, and then you've got a, a circle in the middle, and then you've got another circle at, at the end. So think of it being the top circle as being the executive center part of your brain. Now, the executive center part of your brain, as you probably know, Matthew, is in your prefrontal cortex. Its whole purpose is to get you from A to Z in the quickest, easiest, and most effective way possible. So it's responsible for creativity, innovation, planning, objectivity. That's what it does. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people don't operate from the executive center part of the brain. So when your executive center is online, it's more connected with your unconscious than your other part of the mind, if you understand from, from that perspective. So when the pendulum is in equilibrium, now you're in connection, much more stronger connection with your unconscious. And then the third circle is what I call the superconscious. People refer to the superconscious as being the universe, God, higher power, higher knowing. It's, it's, it's all of those universal terms. But the, the, the best term that I use that, that would reference to it would be the superconscious. So when your pendulum is in equilibrium, now you've got, think of it from the point of view of, you've got more of a direct channel through each, each one of those between your executive center, your unconscious, and the superconscious. Now, everything that shows up in life is kicking that pendulum out. So when somebody's attached to something, that pendulum is out of equilibrium. When they get triggered by somebody or something and it causes an emotional response, it's throwing that pendulum out. So if you can imagine the pendulum, it's now out of equilibrium. The whole point of part of us living is to get to a point of love. It's to get to that pendulum being in equilibrium seeing both sides so and you can take it from a macro level and you can take it from a micro level a macro level look at it from the perspective of if you look at countries or politics or anything that happens from a, a, a geographical macro level you can see that pendulum swing from one side to the next side and it will keep going left and right until such times eventually we hopefully perhaps might come into from a macro level into equilibrium. I don't see it definitely in my lifetime, but it's, it, it, it's there anyway. On a micro level, when it comes to an individual, you will see an individual going and the pendulum swinging left and right. But if you take the universal law, the universal law of rhythm, again, is working with the pendulum. So if the more we can actually bring ourselves into equilibrium, that's when we are in flow. It's where I refer to as your genius you. It's when you're operating in the genius zone for yourself. That's where people would refer to as being in flow. Now, how you find your purpose or how you discover your purpose, I've broken it down into four different elements. So what I refer to as your genius drivers, your genius drivers, again, work on an unconscious level. Each element works on an unconscious level. So your genius drivers will, is what will bring you joy, fulfillment, and what will actually give you your motivation and your passion. Your genius role I've identified 10 different genius roles. So a, an individual will naturally play one of those 10 roles. 
throughout their whole life. And what you find for a lot of people is they're playing multiple different roles because they're either in a job or running a business and they have to be all different types of roles for people because either they're managing a team or they're, you know, whatever it is that they're doing within their business, they're trying to wear, for one better word, different hats. But so therefore they're not actually living the life in line with their actual genius role, which is, again, it operates on an unconscious level. It's what they naturally do. They don't have to, they don't have to work at it. They don't have to develop any skills at it. They literally just do it naturally. But unfortunately, a lot of people aren't operating from their genius role. Now, again, I've identified 10 different genius roles. An individual will play one of those roles, but there's always a shadow side to each role. And there's a frustration point to each role. Now, if you don't know the shadow side and you don't know the frustration point, what happens then is you self-sabotage. So that's where people actually go through life and they self-sabotage. So your role is how you're going to do your mission. It's how you're going to do your purpose. It's absolutely in sync. And it's the best role out of all the 10 roles for whatever your mission is. It's the best role to, to, to work with your mission, if, if you follow what, what I mean by that perspective. Your genius quest is your mission. That is what you are here to do. So when people ask the question, what am I to do? That's what your genius quest is. So if we go back to Ikigai, for example, which we in Eastern, people will understand that they'll be familiar with it from the point of view of, it's a lot of circles, looks like a, a Venn diagram, and there's different words in each, in each circle. But the word, and typically what it looks like is that people try and fill it out from the perspective of find your passion, find what people are looking for. What are you good at? What do you love doing? So it's all those different circles. But the one circle that people cannot answer is their mission. So it doesn't work for them. So your genius quest is unique to you, every single individual, and therefore that's what your mission is. Now, when it comes to your inspiration, people talk about, as I said earlier on, people talk about, find your why but they'll never find their why when they're working at it from a conscious perspective so your genius inspiration is your true why so when you bring those four elements together your genius drivers your genius role your genius inspiration your genius quest that's what makes up the genius you and that the, the whole purpose and meaning of life the overarching purpose and meaning of life is for you to be your genius you to live life fully to experience, to love, and to evolve. That's the overarching purpose of life. But then you've got a unique individual purpose within the overarching purpose of life. And part of that is to be your genius you. That's amazing. Well, I love that breakdown. And I'm just going to, I think Ikigai is spelled I-K-I-G-A-I, right? Is that how you spell it? I-K-I-G-A-I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting thing that I invite people to go check that out. Cause if you said that word that I don't think they would, you know, be able to, <laughs> but I remember coming across that and really liking that. And I like how you've, you've broken it down. There's a few things I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into. And one of them is talking about the genius role and the shadow side. And I think that's important because so many people struggle with whether it's limiting beliefs or imposter syndrome or self-worth or um, the challenging role of doing these things or the uncertainty. And so identifying some common characteristics or things that you might face, I think are really important. And, you know, this is something I learned in, you know, in athletics and sports is if you understand that something, what you're going to go through is incredibly challenging 
um, you know, you're braced for what it is. And I feel like a lot of people think it's supposed to be easy, but if you have an idea of like, Hey, if you're going to come train martial arts in China, for example, like I did, uh, it's going to be very challenging. Or if you're going to go through a workout with me, you know, in this way, it's going to be very challenging or whatever the case is, you're kind of braced for that challenge. And with that understanding, it gives you a mental capability of getting past it and understanding it. So I'd love for you to speak on maybe some of those roles and then talking about the shadow side and how that's helpful. Yeah. So look at it from, okay. So my genius role is being the guide. So if I look at my business, everything that I do is geared around being the guide. So I've, you know, the, the, most of my day is spent actually guiding people. So when I'm working with clients, I'm guiding them. I have an online community. I'm guiding the people within the online community. The books that are written is guiding people. The podcast that I have is guiding people. So every I've structured my business in such a way that it's completely aligned to what my genius role is. So 90% of the activities that I do within my business are my genius role. It's aligned with my genius role. So think so me as a guide, it's, it's one of the genius roles. So me as a guide, that's what my purpose is. That my, my inner desire is to guide and support other people along a course in order to have an end objective. That's the inner desire of a guide. Now, however, the, the shadow side is the fear and the guilt of not being good enough. Now, what that drives for me to do is actually to learn more and more and more and to continuously perfect what it is that I'm doing. So even though I have a methodology and it's developed and I've been brought hundreds of people through it, I'm still perfecting that methodology because again, that, that self-sabotage that, that can happen if, if I'm not aware of it, it can, I can put all my efforts into constantly trying to perfect it and I will still develop it. I still will work on it, but that shadow side for me is the sense of if I allow that fear and the guilt to over, to consume me and to take over, well, then I'll never move anywhere. I'm not because it's the fear of guilt of not being good enough. The, the frustration point for, for, for me is around if I if, if somebody doesn't take my advice, for example, well, then that's where I will. It, it, again, if I'm not aware of it, I'll start to get irritated. So if, if the, for example, if, if there's guides listening to, to this podcast, what a, a good way for them to recognize being a guide and frustration point for them is looking at it from the perspective of if they've given advice to somebody and they haven't taken the advice. Um, they will either try and dismantle that relationship or they will, in, in, in some respects, they kind of say, look, at, forget about them. I, I, I've, I've given the advice. They haven't listened to it. They haven't taken the advice. So therefore, in my mind, I, I, they're, 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 they're no longer a friend of mine. That's the part of the self-sabotage that can happen to the guide. So if you can imagine an individual going through a business or you know, whether it be clients or friends or relations or, or a team within the company, if they're not aware of that frustration point and that shadow side, well, then now that's, it will culminate into them sabotaging themselves. Amazing. I love that. And so can you maybe go through another example? I, like, I like how you've broken it down to the genius drivers, the genius role, 
the genius quest, the genius inspiration. So maybe you can dive a little bit deeper on each one and then give an example of either someone you work with or even yourself. So people could have a, an idea if they're going to go through this process, um, you know, how they can do it. And I can see on your website, there's some resources and you've written three books that look all fantastic. Evolve, look within yourself for business success, more how you can get more clients, more fees and more time and better and I'm just reading these off just because it's there, but I like the idea of it because better business, better life, better world. And all yeah. of these things are, you know, it's interesting because you're an accountant by trade and, you know, <laughs> most accountants don't think about purpose. They think about numbers and, you know, yeah. and had, like, for example, I have one buddy that I hadn't seen in years and we're all out and us, you know, some of my friends kind of know what I do and some of them, you know, they don't really listen to the podcast <laughs> or get it. So yeah. you're like, okay, like what are some goals for next year? You know, what do people want to do? And my one friend goes, he looks at it so serious and he goes, make more money. Like what else? Does anybody <laughs> else have a different goal than that? How could you have a different goal than to make more money? And so <laughs> I kind of see that as like a bit of the accountant, um, you know, ideology or philosophy. So it's interesting to, you know, move toward, uh, you know, these other things too, this inspiration. And then that's how we navigate in this matrix and pay the bills and support our family and, and be more fulfilled. And so, so I'm just going to stop that rant and just invite you to speak a little bit more about each of those things and how someone can start to see that. Because if they can bridge the gap, if they know they're inspired about it, if they know what they're doing lights them up, if they know the quest and their goal is exciting to them, they're going to be have the fuel to overcome the challenges. But once they have that roadmap and they know what's possible, they'll continue to work. And I think if the gap is just so big for some people, they just don't know where to start. They don't know how to get that inspiration. Then they don't have the roadmap. Right. And yeah. so I think it's a really powerful formula you've put together. It, it, it is. But here's the thing. They won't be able to do it themselves. That's the difficulty. And the reason being is because, again, because I'm working on an intuitive basis, I'm, I, I, I asked them a whole lot of questions in order to find the evidence. So when they find the evidence in their life, now they can actually see it in their life. But because we're accessing the unconscious and seeing where the unconscious actually give us the evidence, they're, they, they, it's very, very difficult for them to actually find the evidence for them for themselves, if that makes sense. Um, it, one, one thing that you said here in relation to, to, you know, setting goals in relation to money, one of the things that I've, I suppose, and I wrote it in, in my first book, Evolved, that you referred to, um, the most successful people never focus on money. The, the, money is secondary to them. They, they, they use money as a measure as opposed to focusing on the money. But yet the vast majority of people that would be in business or even in a career, they will focus on the money. So they put the money first, as opposed to what it is that they're to do or what's the difference that they can make or how can they actually impact other people? So it's just funny when you, when you talk about relation to, 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 to the money side of things. Um, let me give you one other role that um, I, I see regularly with people and I call it the parents, okay? Now, it, this isn't to be attached to, you know, somebody that has kids. It's not, it's, yes, that's a parent, but the characteristics of a parent is actually a genius role. So when you think about the characteristics of a parent, its whole inner desire is to have everybody working together, to have everybody to work in as a unit. So if you think from the perspective uh, as a family, when somebody's operating from a genius role, their inner desire will to be to bring a family unit together. 
Now, how that manifests in, in say, the business world is where they want to bring a community of people together. Now, think from the, the shadow side of the parent is then when somebody is not coming to the table, that's, that's a huge frustration for them. So look at it from the perspective of if, um, if think, of, think of a parent that has, has kids and they call the kids for the meal for dinner time. And if the kids aren't coming to the table, what actually happens? The parent escalates from the point of view of where are you? You need to be here, calling them, shouting at them. And then eventually it turns into anger and say, get at the table and eat your food. That's in effect what actually happens when a genius role, as in one of the genius roles being a parent, that's what actually happens. So when somebody's not playing within the community or they're not being in the unit, that's where the shadow side now starts to appear. So now the frustration and the anger starts to show from, from, from that perspective. When individuals aren't working together, that's the frustration point. So again, where it shows up in, 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 a, in a business or in a team, for example, if you're managing a team, if one of those members is not working as that team, that's a frustration point. Now, anybody could say, well, yeah, but that would be normal for any other role, but actually it's not because a leader will be a completely different role altogether. And a leader will be able to bring the team on. A parent has a very, very different, they will look through things in a completely different lens. So, it, it, so if you take even though those two roles as being one being the guide and one being the parent, they're two completely different roles. Right. Well, you know, you said one thing that I, I, I have a distinction on, like I agree to a point, but disagree a little bit. Like when we talk yep. about finding it ourselves, cause I feel like there are so many cases of people out there who go through their entire lives, not knowing what their life purpose is or who they yep. are. And I, and I yep. think that's common. I think that most people out there are just going along to get along. They think, you know, they're taking the easiest path, the most safe thing, and they need help. And this is something yeah, akin to like, you know, getting in shape if you're very out of shape. And if you, and so I kind of have the distinction where I feel like it is possible for anybody to do, but if you get somebody who can guide you, they can accelerate the process exponentially, Absolutely. but it's that willingness to say, yeah. okay, creator, show me a way to live in alignment. And then they're going to find people like you um, and other people out there that can just accelerate that process exponentially because yeah. they're not going to see those blind spots in the same way a trainer might say, Hey, uh, well, did you know eating all this nonsense is, you know, going to be um, <clears throat> messing with all your goals. And what it does is it massively accelerates the process. So I think it's imperative that people begin to seek the teachers and the uh, knowledge necessary to get them to their goals, to take action, yeah. to take these things. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of like, you know, going through that. I think it's like the will and the sincere desire to move forward. Then you're going to find people who've done that and have done it with other people and can very much accelerate the process. So that's yeah. the only thing I kind of, I'm curious. I just want to add that distinction because with this, you know, genius roles and quest, I feel like for my own work, I'm close to it, but I like the idea of like, okay, what is my quest? Right. And going through and thinking about that and reflecting, but I also love getting feedback and working with people. And that's how you really become a master of the field you're in. If you really enjoy yeah. it, because you're getting all these different uh, perspectives for people who can actually do it. So 
when I go to the gym, I get everybody's perspective on the type of training that I'm doing and I just gain more knowledge and then I go try stuff out. Right. So then I'm, I can share that knowledge. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about the difference between, um, you know, if people can figure out the inner voice versus the head, you know, I get some people who say that to me where they're like, well, how do I know if this is truly me or this is the conscious mind? Do you have any, um, uh, advice for people who kind of struggle with that idea? You, 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 okay. The only way you're going to know is you're going to, you're going to have to become more sensitive. That's the only way. So what, what do we mean by be more sensitive? So a lot of the work that I do when when I'm working with clients on an ongoing basis is I'm helping them to develop that connection with their unconscious. Now, people would refer to the unconscious as being, you know, perhaps they, they refer to being intuitive or they refer to that gut feeling. So people will know the feeling inside. So it's a gut feeling, meaning that you'll, you'll know it in your heart, you'll know, it, you'll know it in your body. That's very, very different to a conscious way of thinking. But do you, let me go this way, Matthew, similar to yourself in the sense of you're, if, if somebody wants to achieve a particular goal when it comes to weight training, they, they have to put into practice. So when it comes to developing and knowing the difference between what's a constructed thought from your conscious mind and what, what I would refer to it as an inspired thought coming from your own conscious, you've got to put into practice. And one of those things to bring into practice, so I use the analogy, so think from the point of view of you're attending a New Year's Eve party and you go to a party, you turn up and you see your best friend on the other side of the room. And you want to talk to your best friend, but you, you can't get to them because they're on the, on, the other, on the other side of the room. And the room is just jam-packed and the, the music is just blaring. People are dancing. People are talking. There's just literally, it's just so much noise in that room. And you're trying to communicate with your best mate across the room. And you're verbalizing, you're, you're shouting to them and so on with the hope that they'll lip read what, what it is that you're saying. But they can't. The, the, the noise and the distraction is just too much. But imagine if you turned the music down, but actually turned it off. And what if you asked everybody just to stand still and just become mannequins and not even move? And the only person that could talk was you on one side and your best friend on the other side of the room. And there was no other noise whatsoever in that room. Now, can you imagine the kind of conversation that you could have? You see, when we go through our life every single day, the vast majority of people have so much noise in their head, just as much as a New Year's Eve party. And also such times you actually quieten that noise down. That's only when you can actually get to hear or to listen to or to tune into your unconscious. And that takes practice. And one of the things that helps people to get practice is meditation. The vast majority of people, I'm not going to say 100% of the people, but over 99% of the people that I work with will develop a meditation practice when they're working with them on an ongoing basis because they know the difference it actually makes for them. And they'll maintain, and I, I constantly hear feedback from clients saying, after they've been doing it for a while and they see the benefits and they experience those inspired thoughts coming from their unconscious, they say they never will ever give it up meditation. 
So it, it's part of their, for one better words, part of their daily routine, just as much as they'll never give up brushing te their teeth, they will never give up doing meditation. So meditation is one of those things that will actually help to quieten the mind in order to get the insights from your unconscious. Amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's simple. And I feel like with a lot of this stuff, it takes a little bit of practice. Um, yeah. You know, we, there are certain things that we need to do so we can have this experience. And most people, they get stuck in the perpetual thinking. I think I've seen some studies that say 70 to 90,000 thoughts are repetitive, that we have 70 uh, to 90,000 thoughts a day, and most of them are repetitive. And I would yeah. love to see this uh, technology, maybe not because I don't want a technology in my brain, but it would be, it'd be interesting to see all of that written out like a teleprompter of what you're habitually thinking. And I feel That'd like cool. it line up to how you feel and all these different things. And so then when you can change those words, you change the emotional impulse, right? So if I say the word kill or death or suffer, you know, this emotional response comes from body. But if yeah. you, you know, see these things like possibility, curiosity, purpose, love, compassion, creator, togetherness inspires different emotions and it would reflect and respond, uh, you know, yeah. with your environment for sure. And even how you respond to challenges because one of the things i see out there quite often is you know the whole like everything is always great and and you know, or like you know what i mean it can be yeah. this equilibrium and and i feel like it's just getting better at responding to challenges and the people that i think do great things and you know I, because i just relate to martial arts and this kind of combat thing they're constantly putting themselves in in uncomfortable situations to become more comfortable so they can be capable of more that's the whole idea. And so with your quest and what you're doing and your purpose, the more you grow your skills and your abilities, the more you're capable of more, right? You yeah. can sell muffins and you make your first 10, sell those and your first hundred, but maybe your mission is just to bring happiness with like natural ingredients and make muffins. I don't know what it is. There's one person, there was a guest on my show and it said this, they know someone who quit their job and they started doing sculptures out of butter. And they're massively successful. It's like somewhere in Florida or something. It's like, I don't know. That wouldn't make sense because it would melt. But somewhere. And I was like, that's the most ludicrous thing I have ever heard. And, um, you know, another example, actually, I was, you know, in my hometown. And there's a place called Albert's Donuts. And this guy was, he's from like, I don't know, somewhere that was, uh, you know, suppressed before like a communist country. And, right. uh, and I was telling my friends about it. And then one of my buddies goes, can you just imagine him in that country saying, I'm going to go to Canada, start a donut shop, like how <laughs> absurd his friends would think that he is. Um, so, you know, I feel like when we understand that when we're pursuing these goals, there's going to be times of challenge and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. We just become yeah. more resilient. Um, I was curious if you can speak a little bit about, um, like what are the, well, first it should be a quick one, but we'll see. Do you believe that everybody in the world has a life purpose, a vocation, a quest, or a meaningful existence? Every individual has a unique life purpose. Full stop. Agreed. Perfect. Okay. Let's continue. So, <laughs> and so, so then, <laughs> so just, then, just, just go back to you on, on one thing you said there yeah, yeah, Matthew, yeah, sure. in terms of people strive to try and make their life a one-sided life. They want everything good to happen in their life. So where you were saying there in terms of, you know, people will challenge themselves and will try and get over challenges in order to deal with more and more bigger challenges. But the vast majority of people are, is certainly a good high percentage of the population try and live their life 
and they hang on to this fantasy that life is to be perfect and life is to be easy. But that's not what life is about. If I bring you back to the genius pendulum, there's both sides. So there always has to be both sides. There's good and bad. People perceive that, you know, people look at, at the, for one better word, the bad stuff that happens in their life, but actually they don't see the good from that bad side. And that this isn't about positive thinking. It's actually seeing both sides. And that's when you're able to bring your, your the, the genius pendulum back into equilibrium. You're able to see both sides. But what causes a lot of people angst is they are trying to live a one-sided life. They're trying to live that aiming towards everything is perfect in life. It, it, that will never happen. It, it can't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. I, I agree with that perspective and, and it's very well said. So the question that I wanted to ask was like, what are the characteristics or how do we know if we're living our life purpose? I feel like people really know if they're not, right? So you're unhappy, you're stressed out, everything is terrible, uh, you know, hate your job. So we know that yeah. and, and just know that it is possible for you to move in a direction where you are more inspired. It, you know, you can, you can do that. And I just say, it's like a little bit at a time. That's all you need to do. You're not going to figure it out tomorrow. It's not a weekend seminar and it's all hunky dory. Even if you had the inspiration from God, the creator himself said, this is your life purpose. It's super clear. You know exactly what you got to do. You're going to, um, I don't know, write a book that's going to inspire people to do this. And you're going to love all that kind of stuff and just keep it health related. Even if that were the thing, you'd have to show up to work each day and figure out how to first write that book and, 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 yeah. and develop all these things. It's a, it's a never ending process. It's a beautiful direction that you choose to engage with. So I just want to share that first and then ask your perspective on just, what are the characteristics of a person who knows that, that they're in it and they're living their life past and they're on their quest and they just feel fully aligned? When I'm going to, okay, I'm going to answer this way. When they're actually on their purpose and live in their purpose, not on the journey to getting to live their purpose, two different things altogether. When they're actually living a purpose and their, their whole life is structured about working or delivering on their purpose and their being their purpose, their life is completely different because now it's a case of they are jumping out of bed. They cannot wait to get out of bed in the morning in order to get to their purpose. They are driven to actually achieve what their purpose is because now they've actually reconnected with what they're here to do, to remember what they're here to do, but ultimately now they see the impact of what that purpose is to do and that's what drives them. So money as a motivator is short term. It's transient because as soon as you get to the point of earning enough money, well, then now the motivation is gone. As in <laughs> the motivation is gone because of the fear is gone because now you have enough money to pay the bills or to pay the mortgage or whatever it might be. So when you get somebody working on a purpose, they are, uh, they literally, okay, let me just talk from, from my perspective. You absolutely love what you do. Now, the journey to get to that point, it depends on how quick you want to get there. And what I mean by that is there, so therefore there's things that I don't enjoy doing and therefore I will either delegate it, outsource it, get rid of it or whatever. And there are the things I don't enjoy doing because they don't, they're not aligned to what my purpose is. So, where, so when we started off this conversation, Matthew, and I said, you know, my day, the vast majority of my day is guiding people. 
which is aligned with my purpose because I'm, I'm guiding people on their purpose and making sure that they, they stay on the right track. So that's the vast majority of my day. If I was doing other activities, like, for example, marketing, I don't enjoy doing marketing. But if I had a day of marketing, that would be a horrible day for me because I don't, I don't enjoy doing it. Now, is it aligned to my purpose? Is it part of my purpose? It's a journey to get to my purpose, if you understand what I mean, as in the impact that I want to make and the difference I want to make and the number of people that I want to reach. But it's not what I enjoy doing. So some people, it depends on how quickly they can get to actually filling their day, literally just doing their purpose. That's a really great answer. I agree with that because I've, you know, done this process with the podcast and all these different things in my life. And there's certain things I very much enjoy doing. And the other things are a means to an end to yeah. increase that goal. Right. So podcasting, I love having the conversations, uh, but all the background work, I do not like doing. And yeah, so yeah. I'm, very, I'm very excited about the day where I have, you know, an assistant and they take care of all that stuff and schedule really great guests and have these beautiful conversations, you know, with the hope that it helps people out there and inspires them, you know, that they know that they are unique that they are special that they were you know i i've been getting a lot more into the christian bible recently which is interesting because i grew up a christian and kind of stayed away with it uh, but i'm uh, i'm a you know spiritual podcast host but you know recently one of the quotes in there has been great it's just like uh god or the creator breathed life into man you know we have a soul so if that is true or we like that idea or that perspective that mm. means that there, there was a creator that gave you life that means that everybody truly is special but it seems like there's this big push in our media and our education all these different things to kind of square our minds and so we fit a role that we're supposed to work in society and i like to equate I, and i like to equate it to like you know, the forest, everything is unique. And even from my indigenous teachers, you know, their kind of perspective was a little bit different. Even there, you know, some of them say, you know, what's your life purpose? And they'd be like, it's to exist. Right. <laughs> we don't need, like, what do you mean? It's like the fact that you just exist is enough because the creator created you. Why does a butterfly exist? Why does, you know, the uh, beaver exist or different things It's yeah. to exist and it's to experience life. And so I feel like from where I'm at, we have this Western world that we've created and we yeah. need money. They didn't need any money. They were just existing. So when we can merge that, we, we, we're taking money out of the equation is who are you? What do you enjoy learning? What do you enjoy um, doing and experiencing and, and moving towards? And then how can you take that and then offer something to your community that, you know, is something beautiful and meaningful and it lights you up and then money becomes irrelevant because you have enough money to participate in the society you're in and you're willing to make those compromises. You're not thinking, well, if I do that, how am I going to afford the Mercedes? A Mercedes is nice. But if you are very fulfilled and you have a Toyota Corolla, which is one of our vehicles, is very reliable, thing never breaks down, you know, <laughs> but I have been in a Range Rover and I do like cars and I really would like an Audi S4 or something like that, like a real fast one. You know, I, I really want that. But if I'm fulfilled in a Toyota, that to me seems like a better way to experience life than to be unfulfilled and then have tons and tons of money in the best luxury cars that I could buy in the most beautiful house with access to private jets, which all of that sounds phenomenal. But if I'm doing work that's so close to my heart and my soul and I'm growing in the most meaningful way to me, I'm cool with a regular flight 
you know, I'll just get on the plane. I'm getting, it's not as neat as the, the jets that Jay-Z talks about, but you know, it seems like a better way to navigate. And we've had enough people who've had these successes tell us that, that, you know, the more you get and the more luxury items you, you buy, it's not going to fulfill that little bit of void that, in, that, that inner you, like, you know, who you came here to be. And so if you were created, you know, I feel like everybody has that opportunity. So I'd love for you to just comment on that. Yeah. Okay. There's quite a lot in there to unpack. Uh, let me let me go back in reverse um why not have both so why not have a fulfilled life doing what your purpose is what you actually love doing and also to enjoy the spoils of what this world has to offer so you can have both it's not it's, they're not mutually exclusive that, that's what i say but absolutely there are millions of people out there that do strive in order to get all those toys for one better word in the hope that it's going to make them happy and, and the hope that they're going to make and get fulfillment, but they won't get the fulfillment from those things. That's not what gives you fulfillment. So that, 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 that's one side. If we go back to the Bible side of things and spirituality side of things, if you look at it from the perspective of why isn't this information taught in schools? And the reason being is that if you were to ask the question and drill down the why, and ask yourself why five whys, what you'll find is follow the money. So the more control that is put in schools, politics, financial institutions, I said in my first book that they, they have to dismantle and they're actually being in the process of dismantling for, you know, I wrote that book in 2012. It was published in 2012. It took me seven years to write, but it was published in 2012. Um, the, 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 those institutions, for one better word, where control is inherent in it, um, will be dismantled, and we're 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 seeing that over the over the years that, that have been, and is, there's still more to come. But the reason why we aren't taught this information in schools is because we will be hugely powerful, and I mean that from the point of view of if we absolutely if every single individual knew who they truly are. I mean, really know who they truly are. I'm not talking about their career or their identity or male or female or what business they're in. I'm not talking about any of that. It goes much, much deeper into that. And that's a fundamental question where you got to start off on is, who am I? And when you break all of that down, you realize who you truly are. Now, where's the need for anything else? Because all that's created in terms of fear, for example, is to cause you to buy more stuff or to invest in different things. It's a control mechanism. Now, don't get me wrong. Fear is important because fear is, is it's feedback for when you're out of equilibrium. So you, you've got to have fear in your life because it's feedback. But where people get consumed in the actual fear, that's the, to the detriment. That, that's, they're, they're interpreting fear in, in, in a, in a a not conducive way to living, let's put it that way. Now, if you absolutely know who you truly are, well, then you'll get to the point of a connection with something much greater. And now bring it back into the circle from the point of fear. When you are connected and you truly believe in your connection and that you're absolutely going to be looked after, well, now you have no fear. And that's part of, is part of the message that the Bible is trying to communicate. Wow, that's beautiful. 
when I hosted the law summit, what I didn't expect is it to be very spiritual. And a hundred percent of the guests said, you have to know who you are. Everyone's like, you got to know who you are. And you know, it's interesting. We all have to come to our own conclusions on who that is because only you are who you are. Um, but I just like that, that very simple one is, you know, there is a creator and creator gave you life. And then you have dominion over this land, um, not in a conquering type of way, just in an access. Like this is your playground. Like when I take my daughter to the burger and you can have fun here, you don't go beat a kid over the head with a rock. So you have all the playground, you, you play within the environment of all the things that are here. And it is incredibly powerful. And you're right when you look at the education and the institution. So I've looked at that as well. And so the question I kind of want to ask, I'm glad you touched on fear is how do we overcome fear? And then the other side of this, that what I've been observing with our current times is that in Canada, it's, it's not so great. They're, they're limiting quote unquote freedoms. Now in the law summit, they say, you know, no, no one's living in your freedoms, right? You can't go out right now in Canada. I am not allowed in a restaurant. I'm not allowed to go into a public place. I'm not allowed to go on a plane. Um, so they say, unless I work with these, you know, religious exemptions, which it's a whole bag of worms or whatever, but I was kind of noticing, and I was always curious about this, the, these countries that don't have the same, uh, opportunity, right? Uh, in the States, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I'm seeing such a contrast these days. My friends in in Texas, nothing's happening. They've been free this whole time. Friends in Montana, free the whole time. Friends in Mexico, free the whole time. Canada yeah. is like, you can't go to the gym today. You can't do this today. You have to stand on this line. And it's like such, it's two different worlds. And I hear some people saying, well, you're creating that and responding or whatever. So how do we, um, how do you perceive that for the opportunity we have with the situation we're in because countries are very different opportunities are very different and that's why i feel like creating communities cultures understanding perspective that allows for life liberty the pursuit of happiness it's such a beautiful thing it's freedom and when these massive restrictions come down then all of a sudden you're not thinking about life purpose and i've noticed myself move towards that because you have to move to protection Right. And then, and this, this has happened in the past. And this is the thing I've always kind of thought about. I studied war and starvation and understand what happened in Cambodia and the divide and conquer where people will actually harm other people to the point of, you know, taking their life and taking away their free will. So it's like, I want to be aware that it exists, but I don't want to fear it. And I don't, but I, I need to be aware of what's happening so I can make these moves. And I feel like that sense of freedom and security is the base you need to, you know, really envision something beautiful. But if there becomes this really big threat, you're more now in protection mode. And so how do you help people navigate that when maybe they're in a more threatening situation and, and they have the, their possibilities start to get limited a little bit? Yeah, there's, there's a few different things there, Matthew. One is the vast majority of people will experience fear because there's a fear of loss of something. So whether it's a fear of loss of reputation or ego or positioning or their house or finances or whatever, it's the fear of loss of something. But if you look at fear and what the feedback of fear is, it means you're attached to something. So you're attached to your ego, you're attached to your reputation, you're attached to the position that you hold in the community. You're attached to the capital goods that you have, whether it be the house, your car, or whatever, you're attached to the money. So you're attached to something. So the feedback of fear is to highlight the fact that you're attached to something, whatever it is that you fear the loss of. So when you dissolve the attachment, now 
it doesn't matter whether you have that loss or you counter that loss anyway. So that's the first premise. The next thing is when, when it comes to knowing who you truly are, I mean, really knowing, well, then you have, to, not that you have to, but you're able to see things in a completely different way on what's actually happening in the world. So I observe what goes on. I don't engage in it for, for a lot of reasons, but I, I observe it because I'm interested in actually seeing how that pendulum is operating from a macro level. So when I look at, for example, the conversations that take place on LinkedIn, Twitter, or whatever it might be, what I'm observing is the divisiveness between two groups of people. And there's always the minority that would be picked upon. So whether it be race or whether it be religion or whether it be color or whatever, right now at the moment, the minority is the vaccinations or the people that are unvaxxed versus the people that are vaxxed. In Ireland here, we have a, something like a 92% vaccination rate. So you can imagine the kind of conversations that are taking place in Ireland here when it comes to people that are 92% vaccinated in the population compared to this, the seven or the eight percent, seven or eight percent that are unvaxxed. So the minority will always be picked on, and that's just human nature. So, but when you know who you truly are and you look back, or you're able to stand out and therefore not be attached to the outcomes, you stay fast to what your purpose is. If you go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the basic needs will always kick in for every individual based on their attachment. So what I mean by that is that because they don't really aren't connected with who they truly are, when, they're, when something is stripped away or their controls are stripped away, meaning their freedom is stripped away, they're moving to a lower base in that hierarchy of needs. So they're now looking at food and shelter. So you go to any country, you'll, you'll see this manifest everywhere. So when you're down to a basic level, if you don't know who you truly are, that's what now your narrow focus is now becoming. But when you know who you truly are, is it that you don't seek those out? You will still seek them out, but you'll have a very, very different understanding and a way of living. So you're, you're not attached to what shows up. So now you know that there's a much, much bigger divine plan, which is absolutely being rolled out right now at the moment. And I'm seeing it. So if I look at people over the last two years from a pandemic perspective, it, it, in Ireland, it hit here in March. Now, given my a lot of the work that I do is helping people to grow and scale their businesses um, around their purpose, I knew what the impact would be from a, um, a business perspective. But so in the days that followed, so, you know, we, we were controlled here in Ireland. We, everything was shut down. You couldn't do anything. You had to literally just stay at home, basically, is, is the limitation that we had. But I woke up one morning with an inspired thought and said, Paul, you've got to do webinars. And my response back to that inspired thought was, I'm not doing webinars. I don't enjoy doing webinars. I don't know how to do webinars. I don't like doing webinars, so I'm not going to do them. But the inspired thought persisted, meaning the unconscious. So by the end of that day, to roll to, to cut a long story short, by the end of that day, I had communicated to my whole database that um, I was running a webinar the following morning. And the whole purpose of the webinar was to help business owners that were now faced in this, uh, in this fear mode of what did they do with their business. So following that, what it had intended to be in one webinar turned out to be seven webinars. 
those seven webinars then turned into the start of a podcast. That podcast has now been going close to two years, year and a half, two years, whatever it is now at this stage. Um, and it's a weekly podcast. So that's how things work out when you're working with your own conscious and you're staying fast to your purpose. But the vast of other people are not working to their purpose. Now, to, to, to come back to it, when I observe from a, a, a helicopter view of the world, what I noticed over the past two years was the vast majority of people were actually looking for purpose. They were seeking out. There has to be more to this life. Hence the reason why you've not got the big resignation or what's being referred to as, I think, the big resignation in the US, where literally people are not going back into the work because they're kind of saying, no, I want more. So they are actually seeking a purpose. If you go back there, there's a book. Most people know Napoleon Hill for his first book, which was Think and Grow Rich. The vast majority of people will, will, will know that for anybody that's into, say, personal development or spirituality and so on. But the vast majority of people aren't aware that he wrote his second book. And it was, it was published post his death, both post his, his after half he passed away. And the, the title of the book was Outwitting the Devil. That was the title of the book. But in, a, in Outwitting the Devil, which was basically a conversation that he was having with the devil, that's how it was written. Um, 92% of the people are not on a purpose. Sorry, I correct that percentage. In the book, it says 98% of the population are not on purpose. Only 2% of the population are on purpose. And how the devil gets to work with the people is at that 98% of the population. And one of the ways is true fear. Past two years has, if you look at it, in how the universe is working. And I, I've, when I was running that, that webinar series, I said, here's what you need to do for the next while. Not, not necessarily about business, but also around you as an individual and your purpose and stay fast to your purpose. That's what you're to do. And I've communicated to my clients, my, my community, as regards what part of what's actually happening in the, in the pandemic and what my own sense of the future is over the next short while, which is going to be a lot of turmoil, but it's my own sense. I've no facts behind it. I've no, I've literally, I've no learnings from anybody else. It's just my own sense of what's actually happening. And if you look at it, people are being called forward to step into who they truly are. And if they don't, well, then there'll be a holy war. And it's not going to be a holy war from the perspective of, like what the World War One or the World War Two? No, it's a very, very different war. Very, very different. And we're seeing it play out right now at the moment in terms of that divisiveness between the different factions that are taking place, between whether you're vaxxed or unvaxxed, whether you should take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, and what all of that entails. So, and, and if you look at all the control measures and the control measures and the, the, the messaging from a lot of different areas is trying to instill fear and trying to instill control.
Wow. Well, I, I love that perspective and I think it's incredibly powerful. And I, I talk about this as well, how um, all of this challenge is a catalyst and an offer. And so many people have yeah. gotten this offer, but they refuse to accept it. And it's yeah. very similar in the way in the life purpose where you can equate it to health, where people will run a pattern of unhealthy living and disconnected and uh, you know, no exercise and all the different things. And all of a sudden they get very ill. And then that is the catalyst for them to respond and change. And so I feel like we're all getting this with our vocation and what we do. And this is one of the biggest problems in the world because it's this money uh, material world. And the Bible says you can't worship two masters. You can't worship mammon and God or the creator or life. Right. And so that's your own life included. Right. Did you, were you born here to get up, to go to an office? And I remember being you know, and if you love it, great. But I was just thinking like, well, I got to provide and I, but I always thought like 40 hours a week, uh, you know, two weeks off a year, that doesn't make any sense. There has to be another way. Right. And, and then yeah. everybody went to university and, and they didn't know what they wanted to do. If they knew what they wanted to do and they were passionate about it, that'd be one thing, but they didn't know. And I was just like, what? I was like, why not live a little? Why don't you like ask yourself important questions? What did you come here to do? Right. Yeah. And you came here to just pay for university and buy shit and then buy some more shit. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. So it just never made any sense. And I feel like this is the offer. This is the great catalyst. And, and for us to, to heed the call within ourselves or not. And it's kind of a bummer to see so many not take it, but maybe it's just a few that really can, right. If 98% are control, like in, it talks about Satan being the deceiver and all these different things, right. And fear being the mind killer and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's this big plunge. I had one person reach out and say, well, you know, if I don't take it, then I get fired. And I'm like, well, don't you think that the creator or yourself would find a solution? Can you let go of this guaranteed? It's like, Matt, it's like, where's your line? You know, well, if you do this, um, you know, your job is normal, but now you're going to start harming people. And now you're just basically going to do this awful thing, but you still keep getting your paycheck. Where's that line? And I feel like you can draw the line a lot further back where you say, does my job and vocation and what I do and what I spent my life force energy doing, does it improve the quality of life of anything? Does it have any meaning or merit to it whatsoever? And if it doesn't, simply start with that prayer and start engaging with people like you in these books and these podcasts to say, okay, I'm going to connect with my life purpose, who I came here to be. I'm going to start inquiring on who I am. And that alone, that earnest intent, you're going to find it. You know, you're going to find it and there's going to be a lot of tools along the way and people who can really accelerate that process. Just like there's a certain, you know, a few things that I do that I'm very good at. You know, you want to learn martial arts, you want to learn your life purpose. I'm great at it too. And I just love learning, but I would say, yeah, go, go do his too. Right. Because you're, you're, you're engaging in knowing who you are fully. So Mm -hmm. engage with everybody. You know, when I do martial arts and this is Bruce Lee's whole thing, he didn't just go to the one studio. This is only, I'm only going to do Jeet Kune Do from this one teacher and no one else. It's like, I'm going to go to five teachers. Then I'm going to go try other things and other things because I want to explore the idea of martial arts. So explore the idea of being fully alive, being fully who you are and you get to shape that. And that's a, um, an impulse and a will and a decision that only you can do. But if you engage with that, the universe always responds. So he does. Will it give you some scary stuff for your listeners? Yeah. Wait, so why? Sure. <laughs> sure. 
I was like, I was like wait, it scares them. Sure, why, why not? <laughs> I if they if they think this is scary, there's more to come. So let me put it that way. Um, what I'm going to say to you is, so I use the analogy of the feathered brick in the truck. So let me explain that. The feathered people, brick in the truck. The, the, the feather, the brick, and the truck. Okay, got so it. Let, so let me explain it. So when people aren't living their purpose. Their unconscious is constantly trying to give them information and feedback to them in order to put them on their track and put them on the right purpose. And it will come by way of they could be having a conversation with somebody and they something resonates internally within them. It's that gut feelings, that intuition saying, oh, maybe I should do that. So they could be reading a book. They could be watching a movie. They could be having a conversation with anybody. It's, it's, a similar, it's, it's very similar to the, the same soft touch as the, as a touch of a feather and that's how the unconscious is communicating if the person doesn't take heed and change what they're doing and get on the right track well then the brick comes along now you can imagine Matthew the the when you get smacked across the head with a brick it's a very different feeling that <laughs> they get smacked across the head by a bunch of feathers okay <laughs> so when I'm when it, when a client comes to me I know I'm the brick I absolutely know I'm the brick. People find me in all different ways. And, and one common thing that I hear from, from clients is, I don't know how I found you, but here, it, here I am. And you're after telling me what my purpose is. I'm the brick. I, I, I speak about this in my first book. So the brick is a little bit more subtle. If it smacks you across the head, you'll know about it. Okay. How it shows up in people's lives is from the perspective of they have a financial setback or they lose their job or their relationship breaks down or they get an illness, but it's, it, it, they can overcome it fairly easily. Okay. It, it sets them back. And it kind of just in that moment, if they're to pause themselves, they kind of realize, Oh, it's just like a short shock to their system. Say, maybe I should do something else. But what the vast majority of people do is they go back to what they've always done. So now they haven't listened to the brick the truck comes along and believe me, nobody wants the truck because the truck shows up in the form of financial ruin, bankruptcy, business collapse, divorce, separation, a, a, an illness that's life altering, not necessarily that they can get over, but it's life altering. Can they survive it? They can if they so choose to, but it is alter, it does alter their life. So the vast majority of people, unfortunately, do wait for the truck to come along. And if you look over the last couple of years, from my perspective and the work that I do, I've observed so many people being called forward to their purpose, but they won't step into their purpose or they don't seek out like either yourself or myself or, or to try and find out what is that, what is their life purpose is to do. And then when they do find out their life purpose, they take the choices. Actually, you know what? No, that's that's. I don't know. That's, that's too fearful. That's too scary. And then eventually the truck will come along. And I've seen the truck come along so many times for people that it is just heart wrenching to see, and it doesn't have to come along. So if people don't listen to the truck or to the bricks, which is take, take the, take the pandemic as being a brick right now. It's a very subtle brick, but take it as a brick. And if you don't listen to the brick, the truck's on its way. The engines are starting to roar.
Wow. Well, that's, that's an incredibly powerful analogy. I love it. And I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I've seen it many, many times too. And I've had people on the podcast where they share, they got hit, they got hit by the truck several times. <laughs> I'm still not listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You can build yourself up and then you get smoked by the truck again. It's like, yo, you yeah. gotta, you know, there is a message and I've kind of equated it to this analogy where you've got your life purpose and let's say you're a, like a rubber band. And you've got you and the creator creation or who you really are, who you came here to be, what you were made for. And you can bend it so far, but it will snap back if you or break. It'll snap you right back to zero. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, I don't know, a beaver could pretend to be an eagle so much. Right. And he's going around and <laughs> he's trying to fly and he keeps messing around. Then one day he's like, you know what? I'm going to just I'm going to try to fly off this like 100 foot cliff and just get smoked. Like, oh, what are you doing? It's like you are so far from what you are made to do, right? And the beautiful thing is when that beaver <laughs> starts to do the things he likes to do, starts swimming around, starts chomping on some trees, is like, oh, this is great. And the whole forest uh, is supported and helped by this thing being oh, uniquely beaver. what it is. And I think that everybody has that. And that's that, that distinction, you know? And I feel like there is, I feel like I know for sure there is a massive agenda on, making you think that, you know, you're not special, that you conform, that you're like everybody else, that you just do this general thing. And it's yeah. really you knowing who you are under the creator, knowing that you're special in that, not in an egotistical type of way, just you have a unique thing. And so what is that? And yeah. you, you're the only one who can find it. So, man, this has been uh, beautiful. I've really enjoyed this entire conversation. Is there anything else? We kind of get a little bit into the deeper stuff at the end, because there's a lot of theories on what people think uh, is happening, right? And I've seen some interesting things. And I'm actually going through uh, the book of Enoch right now. And I've heard of pe some people say this is the great awakening, the great opportunity. The Bible talks about the harvest, um, which is, you know, a very interesting time separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, some people talk about a great reset. Right. Because we know from from these books that are written by certain individuals like Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset and these controllers, when you understand uh, international banking and, and uh, education and, and universities and uh, all yeah. these different things, you can see what they want to roll out and they make it sound good, but it probably isn't. You know, not when you look under, not when you yeah. look into it. No. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, that, you know, okay, they make it sound good, but you have to be fast asleep to believe that. Right. You yeah. can't question it. You have to just kind of be numbed right and complacent and go along. So since you kind of touched on it a bit, I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, where do you see us headed, uh, you know, in the coming years and how do we, how do we navigate these times? Um, all of those things that you mentioned it will be quite, quite similar to what my own sense is. Um, and the best way, the only way I can describe it again, I, you know, it's not based on any, any kind of, readings or listen to anybody else it's literally just my own sense and this this sense has been building since the end of 2019 so it's going back to data and i'm just seeing it come more to the fore as as time rolls by um I, i'm just going to say the way i i see it um so the terminology could be wrong or whatever we so on if 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 you use if you think of it from the perspective of good and bad or good and evil Okay, what I my sense is that the troops are being rallied for both sides. So the troops that are needed for the evil side are being rallied right now at the moment, and they have been for for quite a while. The troops that are needed in order to fight a war 
are being rallied right now at the moment and is accelerating over the last while to be on the good side. So if you can imagine, remember going back to, into college days or into school days, the school back here, Matthew, in terms of you'd get your class and you go to the gym and there'll be two people picked out from the class, one standing on each side of the gym, and you'd have to pick your team from the remainder of the pupils. So out of, you know, there typically to be 30 pupils in our class, two fellas, two captains, and they'd have to, the two captains would have to pick their own team in order to actually play against each other. So that's the way it worked in, in Ireland. That's happening right now at the moment on a global scale, on a universal scale, from the perspective of good and bad. So the troops are being rallied. People are being, being prepared to fight on both sides. And that fight will take place in multiple different ways. And what's going to be the winner? I don't know right now at the moment. I actually don't get a sense as regards who's going to win. I would hope because we could, we could believe all the, the, the hero movies that take place over the years. We would hope that the good comes forward and wins. I think it's 50-50 right now at the moment. And that's the scary part. So it's, it's going to get an awful lot more worse over the next number of years. And the only way that's going to help people getting through that is knowing who they truly are. Because if they buy into the evil side, well, then they're, I, I, I made a prediction, again, just, just because of my own background and my, my passion for the, this particular subject matter. But I've been banging this drum for quite a number of years. And the drum is the suicide rates are going to go through the roof over the next number of years. And that's scary. And you won't hear those statistics come out from the pandemic um, because they'll all be put down or a number of them will be put down to COVID as opposed to suicide. And depends on the country that you're in and so on. But just wait for the next, the next number of years and you will see those suicide rates going through the roof. Now, thankfully, yeah, a lot of people are talking about mental health and so on, but they're not even at the races in some respects. They're absolutely not. Um, and it's, it's misinformation that's been given out to the people that need the answers to prevent them from suiciding. Well, well, we're, we're pretty close on how we perceive what is going on. I definitely think it's a, you know, this, this kind of timeless ancient war between good and evil, and we get to choose a side and we have free will and we have to live in this mystery. And that's why I think it might be going on is because we get the conscious choice. And I'm a little bit worried like you, because I'm thinking like, okay, you know, I have a soul and I was created by a creator and the books creator wins, but at the same time, I've studied a lot of genocides and it seems like the (laughs) genocide people win. Right. But, but, you know, we, we might lose our bodies, but we have to consciously sell our soul. You yeah. know, like that has to be a conscious choice where you make that choice. And that's something, you know, maybe this whole life is just to, you know, do the right thing as far as you can. And then on the other side, it'll be revealed what the heck this whole entire thing was. Right. Yes. Because we all are going to die. We, that is a guarantee, you know, so, but who we are and how we live, that's not a guarantee. And so if we can stay strong, uh, know who we are, like you said, I think we're going to be guided and we'll be fine. But if not, like, you know, people, you, you're going to die anyway. You know, like you're good, you know, it might not be this horrible death, but it might be fine. You might figure out a way to navigate these times in peace, or maybe you'll be called to do a certain action in a certain way. But 
um, it, that's going to come from who you are, right? Are you going to you know, choose the size of, of harming people? And one of the quotes I've liked is anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. And so if we're thinking about free will and help and life and, and yeah. growth, just participate in that. And as much as you can, I, I, I think, cause that's the side that I'm on, um, you know, and if it is a side, maybe it's like the simulation where we fight good and evil who friggin' knows, but we have to, <laughs> we have to consciously sell our soul. Nobody can do that for us. They can coerce yeah. us to make that decision, but you have to do that yourself. And so, um, yeah, just have more strength, more courage, more faith. And the more that you know who you are, the stronger you're going to uh, be able to stand in this. And uh, and we'll see. I think it's going to be quite the interesting few years ahead as well. Yeah. And uh, just trying to remain positive and, and do the work that I think will be helpful. So I appreciate you coming on and everything you shared. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we close this off? And uh, make sure you let the listeners know where they can go and find more. If they want to dive deeper into your work. I, I think we've covered a lot of areas, Matthew, to be honest with you, you know. Um, so, no, I, I really enjoyed the chat. Um, if, if people want to find out more, um, the easy way is literally just going to my website, um, paulwilliamdavis.com, and they'll, they'll find all the links, the links to my community, my YouTube channel, my podcast, all the kinds of links. But best, best way is, is, my, um, is my website. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for this uh, conversation. Thanks so much for your work. I look forward to uh, diving a little bit more into what you do and what you put out there, but I appreciate this podcast and thanks all for coming on. Thank you, Matthew. My pleasure. Okay, guys, see you in the next one. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Paul Davis. I hope that you enjoyed that show. And if you did, please share it far and wide. Go to uh, iTunes and leave a review for the show. Uh, help get the word out there. Go to mattbelair.com and support the show by becoming a member because Patreon is uh, now deleted. So there's a few donation amounts if you want to support the show that way. Um, but the best way to support the show is through Kind Acts wherever you are in the world. And if you want to dive deep in some of the training that I have, the Soul Compass, the Quantum Heart Hypnosis, and the Atomic Alchemy Coaching Group, or the one on one coaching group. It is all designed for you to know who you are, to know your life purpose, your authentic expression in this life, and then how to create a powerful plan and use all the tools of peak performance, spirituality, esoteric to design and craft that plan and be able to execute it so that you know you're living your life purpose. So if you were to die, you know, in a, a month or a year, and I've asked this question a lot to my coaching clients around the world, but if you would die, what would you change? Were you on the path that you were meant to be on? Are you ready to walk that path? and commit to that uh, you know, that path within yourself and to the creator, God, the universe. And I feel like we all have that path and only we can know if we're on it. And so that's what all the training is about. So if that interests you, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Let me know how I can support you. And uh, that's it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, let's come into a state of peace and coheres before we close it out. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, faith, courage, love, beauty, joy, contentment, energy, connection, compassion, and all the beautiful things about being alive and being a man or a woman on this planet. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.